On this week's episode, we bring you a true crime classic with the midnight murders of Texarkana and then freak out over how good the town that dreaded sundown is. So cut the eye holes in your pillowcase and meet us in the pod shed. We're shooting flaming Dr. Peppers and talking about murder. Welcome back to another episode of THC, True Hollywood Crime. I'm your host, Mariah. This is your other host, Bailey. It's me, Bailey. Welcome back to episode 14. 14. We're excited. We're here. I'm excited about this week's case. Last week was such a bummer. We got a lot to be excited about this week. Yes. And if you're a new listener, because we kind of got a, a quite a few new listeners last week. Hey. If you're a new listener, last week was a bit of a bummer. And that's not normally who we are. So hopefully this week will be a little bit. <laughs> this week's going to be awesome. I'm a little excited. bit happier. <laughs> What's up, B? How's your week? My week was good. Mm-hmm. Even though I felt like the first half of the week was crawling by, it was for no real reason. I think I was just dragging ass. But then once I got over that hump in the middle, it just flew by. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. And absolutely. we got so much to look forward to this weekend. This weekend is my um, baby daughter's birthday party and she, not just a birthday party a halloween themed a halloween birthday party um she, halloween is her favorite thing she's been pretending it's halloween every day this year since last halloween so she's living her best life we are not having a big party so nope. all you little covid karens calm, calm down. down it's immediate family um but it's still a big deal to her and it's an excuse I already decorate my house for Halloween, but it's an excuse for me to decorate extra. Uh huh. So, you know, it's a good time. It's an excuse to put on a costume and take some shots on a um, Saturday so, night. Right, because <laughs> I don't put on a costume every Friday and get Friday. drunk with you anyway. That's right, but now we're going to do it two days in a row. That's right. Oh, man. I know. I can't wait to see your full look of the week this week, but right now it's pretty tame because right now Bee's just in pants and a tank top, but that is not her whole look of the week. Nope. It's about to get crazy. Can't wait to see it. Um, so what do you want to talk about first? You finished your book finally. I did. Ballad of the Songbird, which I is did. the Hunger Games prequel. Mm-hmm. Bee keeps giving us updates every couple weeks on it. Um, first of all, thank you for having me read it. It's yeah. been a long time since I actually sat down and read a book. It's hard for you. And I really enjoyed it. Great. Uh-huh. So glad. Um, the middle got a little hard to get through. It's it fa- a little slow. Yeah. I got myself, I found myself skimming through quite a bit of the dialogue. But the twist that the story takes, mm. it got me. The subtle references. Yeah, they left like a lot of Easter eggs that allude to yes, the Hunger Games trilogy. Exactly. So, yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Would definitely recommend it. And this is coming from somebody who doesn't typically like sit down and like read for enjoyment these days, like after having a kid. Because remember, this has to be a choice between TikTok. Right. Married at first sight. Or reading. Or Bailey's favorite thing to do, which is clean. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) She would much rather just bump her car is what we call it. Yep. Bump her car around the house and Mm -hmm. do a million little projects. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm the lazy ass who likes to sit on the couch and read all day. Um, so I guess it'll be a bit of a spoiler. I'm not going to say what the big twist on the end is. But now that you've read it all the way through, have you figured out who's related to Katniss yet? 
No. Okay, so they have it set up. What's the main girl's name? Lucy? Lucy Gray. Lucy Gray. Her little sister, Maud. Maud is Katniss's grandma. It's Shut the front her door. Dad's mom. Shut up. And that's why her dad knew that song, The Hanging Tree. Because didn't Lucy write that song or Maud sang that, that song? They would or... sing it at every show. Right. So yeah, they have it set up that Maud. And then they would cook the Katniss. Yes. So Maud is Katniss's grandma. Wow. And that's why when, uh, not Cornelius, but that's what I call him. That's when, Corio Sn- or what- <laughs> when Snow goes to Lucy's house for the first time on the edge of the seam, the house he's describing is the is house the Katniss house. grows up You're on. You're absolutely right. Yep. No, absolutely. Because at first I thought Lucy was going to be her grandma. And I thought that's why Snow was going to have like an extra big problem with right, Katniss. right. But um, a lot of stuff happens in the end, and it becomes pretty apparent that that's not the case. And, like, the drama between Cornelius and the dean, all based on the dean's relationship to his dad back in school. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so it was Cornelius's dad. They were doing a project back in school together. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they created the Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. And the dean was like, oh, it's just like, it's no big deal. No one's ever going to see this. And they were like super drunk or whatever. And he passes out. And the next day, it was Cornelius's dad had already turned it in. Mm -hmm. And they loved the idea. So they basically created the Hunger Games. Yeah, Corno's dad. But yeah, so I just, um, pretty cool. The whole thing. Yeah. I'm I'm I don't I mean I guess maybe because it's unrequited love I don't understand I guess Snow is just like a sociopath after everything he saw he still doesn't have like a soft spot for District 12 like he has no empathy whatsoever the only thing he has a soft spot for is himself I know he's a complete that's narcissist. literally it like that's, even his love for Tigris is all about him yeah that's that is what I liked about it was it gives you a lot of back and forth where you're like, ooh, I really empathize with them. I can see where he's coming from. And, and I told to... you from the beginning that was my main concern. I'm right. like, they're not going to try to make me like him, are they? No, because yeah. they still keep true to form that he is still, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, a piece of shit. Yeah, because that's like my main beef with some horror movies when they try to turn that shit around and make you feel bad for the killer like they did with one of the latest Freddies. And even a little bit with um, Rob Zombie's Michael Myers. Yeah, exactly. His, his fucked up childhood and all that. Yeah, it's like, right. no, I'm not going to feel sorry for you, you piece of shit. No, this you're supposed to be like a soulless Yeah, don't make killing yourself machine. a person. <laughs> we like you, a soulless killing machine. Right. And then we're on your team. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always rooting on Michael Myers. Which is why I have the soft spot for Jason. Because yeah. what happened to him is like truly fucked up. I'm like, who wouldn't come back from that and just start fucking murdering people? <laughs> I was listening to a true crime podcast. I will not mention which one it was. Oh, but I did feel a little superior to the people who were talking because they had no clue or frame of reference to like horror movies. They couldn't remember what Friday the 13th was about. Like they were talking about a murder at a camp at a summer camp. And they're like, oh, that's kind of like that one movie. And like, was it Nightmare on Elm Street? No. Was it? Wow. Was it uh, like? Uh, Which is fine because like true crime people don't have to be horror Oh, I people, know. But My point is, I was like, ah, this is something we have on them. Yeah. Our, we know our fucking we, horror movies. Yeah, we got our flair. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. That um, is. I have a movie recommendation for mm. you. I think you would love it. I think you would like it. Okay. Um, Vampires versus the Bronx 
on Netflix. Sounds great. It is exactly like the vampire movies we grew up on. It's very Lost Boys. It's very um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer the movie. Yeah. So it's like amazing, fun, a little campy, but not too much. Takes place in the Bronx, modern day. So that's kind of fun. Is it a new movie or is it? Yeah, it's a Netflix movie. Okay. And it's fun because to keep it true to the Bronx, most of the kids in there are like Dominican. um, And you definitely feel like you're in New York in the Bronx. Whoever made this movie is from there. Okay. Um, But it's almost like a take on gentrification because this colony of vampires is buying up the Bronx. Mm -hmm. And they're so they're buying out all of like... The mom and pop shops, the corner nail salon, the bodegas, yeah, um, just offering them a huge amount of money and then turning it into like fancy coffee shops and whatever. <laughs> so they think that they're just getting gentrified. And then these little Dominican kids, and I think one of them is just African-American, they realize quickly that like, oh, no, this is like, you know, it's vampires. Amazing. And then it's these kids, you know, these like 12 year old kids against these vampires and it's everything we love in old school vampire movies. It's these kids on bikes with wooden stakes made out of like, you know, chair legs. Oh, but instead of like it. having flashlights, it's their cell phones. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And instead of like word of mouth. Very stranger things. Yes. Mm-hmm. But like modern day. Yeah. And the other part I love about most of the kids in it being Dominican is all the things that naturally fight off vampires they have in their mom's houses. Oh, so it's course. like a million crucifixes on the wall, yeah. hella garlic. You need a headless chicken. I'm sure there's going to be one <laughs> on a market on the corner. They're like, they could steal holy water because yeah. their parents are hella ca- Catholic and they're mm-hmm. at mass. And the priest is Method Man. Oh my goodness. So what more do you need? It's super I'm fun. Sold. It's a light PG 13. It's not very bloody. It's not very gory, I mean, but it's fine. fun. Yeah. Like, my kids watched it with me. Lila was into it. Awesome. Yeah. It Very was super cool. fun. So, yeah, Vampires versus the Bronx. It's great. Um, getting ready for the can't party. use a little fun in their life right now? I Amen. Know. I enjoy it, but I, you know me. I love a nice campy vampire movie. Mm-hmm. Give me the Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We're old school Buffy fans. It's the best. So good. Um, Perfect. Anything else you want to talk about? Well, I don't know. Do we talk about Married at First Sight or do we save that for the end again so that people don't have to put up with our BS? We can save it for the end in case they want to skip it. I agree. (laughs) Sorry, guys, but it's happening. Oh, it's happening. I'm excited. Don't worry. I've been watching some great TikTok. We've been watching our Married at First Sight. So many good new TikTok trends. So many good ones. (sighs) I can't think of any right now. I got one right now just off the top. Okay, hit me. The Insane Clown Posse ones? No, I've not seen Okay, so only that would be on your for you, but page. it's parents, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like them trying to reason with their toddler, mm-hmm. and, and then ha 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 ha, fuck you! Oh, it's perfect! It's <laughs> perfect! It's the best. I'll show you one later. All right, but yeah, it's just while they're rapping and just doing their song, it's the parrot like just go to bed, take a bath, brush your, eat your vegetables, and then ha ha ha. <laughs> oh, so it's from the kids' point of view. Yeah, the kids are the ah, ones. Like, ha, 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 that's ha, funny. Ha, 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 fuck you. That's good. So good. That's a good that's use so of it. So clever. And then the one you sent me the other night that we can't believe we didn't do. Yeah, the two girls dressed up as um, going out on a Friday night. Yeah, are they Michael and Jason or Michael and Freddie? Michael and Jason, because yep. Friday night. Oh yeah, duh, right? yeah, of course. That one is probably my favorite trend right now. There's a really cute one with Dyson Jill with the two guys who do it. No. 
They're super cute, like younger, you know, probably young 20s dudes who do it, but they kill it. Of course they do. They do such a great job. I've yeah. seen it with a, a girl and her like really elderly grandma. I've seen it with and like that's a girl why and her dad. When you sent the text, like, why don't we think of this? Because we're fucking middle aged, <laughs> basic bitches. So basic. <sighs> um, there is a show on Hulu, which I have not watched, but... When I find when you season six of Married at First Sight, which I've already seen and you still have to watch, I might switch over to that show and it's unexpected, mm. but it's like teenage pregnancies. Okay. And uh, I don't know anything about it except for clips of it keep showing up on my TikTok and it looks so, hilarious. Right, if it's showing up on the TikTok, you have to try it. It looks hilarious. And the host of it is Ananda Lewis. From 90s MTV. Do you remember her? The name sounds really familiar. You but would I recognize can't, her. She's I, uh, really pretty. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, so I think I'm going to check that out I'm as my new trash TV. I'm that out. <laughs> <laughs> new trash TV show. All right. So this week we are doing the, it goes by two names, the tar- the Texarkana Murders or the Midnight Murders. Um, it spawned the movie. What movie did you watch, B? The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Which is a classic. 1976. It came out after, after. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. but before Halloween. Mm-hmm. So it's right there in that pocket. And um, it reminds me of a lot of and is referenced in Scream. Mm-hmm. Remember? Matthew Absolutely. Lillard says, because they put a curfew on yeah. the town in Scream, and Matthew Lillard goes, this is, is like, like the, the town that dreaded sundown. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I had never seen it. Which is shocking to me. And I've seen it once yeah. a long time ago. And it was probably late at night. So I don't remember much from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to hear your recap. Yeah, and, you are. Yeah. And <laughs> it's going to be a good time. B said she really enjoyed it. So maybe I'll even watch it. You know, it's mm-hmm. Halloween season. We're watching scary movies. Yeah. Are you going to watch also on Netflix is the new like haunted house show? Mm-hmm. Are you going to watch it? I thought that was on Hulu. I think it's like Hulu House of Horrors or whatever where Mm-mm. no no it's the one on Netflix because it's the people who did last year's um, Haunting of Hill House or oh there's House so the much to look forward to why is October the best so this this one is like a you know me in England it's like a Victorian English manner just bring it on can't wait yeah what more could we ask for mm-hmm. all right friends into Let's the case dive in so. I got everything from mainly from Wikipedia. There was a lot of info on Wikipedia. And then also um, from the lineup.com, an uh, article by Oren Gray, who I believe I've actually used an article from them before from Oren Gray, but I can't remember. So, you know. All right, here we go. It takes place in the 1940s in a sleepy little town of Texarkana, which is a town on the border of Texas and Arkansas. <laughs> Come on. Texarkana. You could have thought of a better name. <laughs> you fucking killed me. Um, and this is like a classic case. Urban legends have been born yes. from this case. Um, especially, do you know which one I'm thinking of? I was thinking the one where you could hear the body like barely brushing up against Ooh, the car. Ooh, that's a good one. I was thinking of the hook. Yep. The hook scraping mm-hmm. on the car on Lover's Lane. Mm-hmm. And then they look and there's like a hook in the yep. fucking side of the car or whatever. Yeah. Um, so all of those weird, creepy, you hear a noise when you're in the car trying to get the nasty. Yes. That's all based (laughs) on this. So our first attack happens February 22nd, 1946, 1155 PM. 
25-year-old Jimmy Hollis and his girlfriend, 19-year-old Mary Jean Larry, are parked Mary on. Mary Jean Larry. Or Larry. Okay. L-A-R-E-Y. Yeah. Um, are parked on their local lover's lane after they went to the movies, and they're only 100 yards from the nearest house when a man in a white cloth mask, which resembles a pillowcase with eye holes cut out, shines his flashlight into the driver's side of the car and says, I don't want to kill you, fellow, so do what I say. He orders the couple out of the car and tells Jimmy to take off his britches, which you tell how old it is because he uses the word britches. Um, Jimmy does, and then he's pistol whipped twice um, on the head, and he's hit in the head so hard that it's so loud that Mary thinks that he's actually been shot, Mm. but really what she hears is his skull fracturing. Wow. Mary tries to get to his wallet because she thinks it's a robbery. And then she's also struck on the head. And then she's ordered to run. And she does. But the man chases her. And he catches her. And then he pushes her down. And he sexually assaults her with the barrel of his gun. Whoa. Afterwards, Mary runs a half mile to a house for help um, where they call the police. Meanwhile, Jimmy wakes up and he flags down a car. And they also go and call the police. Sheriff Bill Presley arrives within 30 minutes with three police officers. Of course, the assailant uh, assailant is gone. Jimmy and Mary recover in the hospital in a matter of days, but they have conflicting reports. Mary recalls that the man is African-American, while Jimmy thinks that he's white. But they both agree that the man was probably around 30 years old and he's six feet tall. Okay, second attack. March 24th, 1946, a month later. They all happen like a month apart from Mm -hmm, each other. mm -hmm. 29-year-old Richard Griffin and his girlfriend prepare to puke. 17-year-old Polly Ann Moore. Listen, rest in peace, Richard. I'm sure you were a great guy. I guess back in the 40s, the age difference wasn't so creepy, maybe. Yeah. But it's still a tough pill to swallow. Um, So... My movie referenced that it was like eight months past World War Two, so like a lot of guys were coming back from the war and hooking up with these young chicks. And all right, well, uh, that's what your movie said. Like I said, <laughs> movies clearly <laughs> factual. Like I said, I mean, I don't want to talk shit about Richard. He yeah. met a terrible death, but it's a little bit of a creepy age gap. Anyways, twenty-nine-year-old Richard, seventeen-year-old Polly Ann Moore are found dead in Richard's nineteen forty-one Oldsmobile sedan parked on a different lover's lane around 9 a.m. by a passing motorist. Richard is between the front seats on his knees with his pockets turned out. Pollyanne is sprawled face down on the back seat, and there's evidence that she was actually killed on a blanket outside of the car on the ground and then placed on the back seat. Hmm. Richard's been shot twice inside the car, but they both have been shot once in the back of the head. They're both fully clothed. There's a path of blood on the ground leading to the car and blood on the running board, which is why they believe Pollyann was killed outside and then mm-hmm. dragged into the car. Um, they also find a Colt pistol and cartridge shells. It's a um, like a 32-gauge Colt pistol wrapped okay. in a blanket on the ground. Police launch a citywide investigation. Texas and Arkansas police departments the Department of Public Safety, the Sheriff's Office, and the FBI all work together. They interview 50 to 60 eyewitnesses or witnesses. I don't know if there's a difference between a witness and an eyewitness, but 50 yeah. to 60 witnesses. 
they post a $500 reward and nothing happens except for 100 false reports. Yeah. So at this point, parents start warning their children about staying out late. Mm -hmm. A month later, April 13th, 1946, 15-year-old Betty Jo Booker is playing saxophone with her band at their weekly gig um, at the VFW. And around 1.30 a.m., which is now the next morning, right? So it's the 14th. Yeah. Her friend, 17-year-old Paul Martin, picks Betty up to give her a ride. And that's the last time either of them are seen alive. Paul's body is found around 6.30 a.m. by a couple and their son. He's lying on his left side. He's been shot four times. Um, he's been shot in the head, neck, and ribs. Betty Joe's body is found at 11.30 a.m., approximately two miles away from Paul. And she's found by the Boyd family, who's part of a search party looking for her. And she's lying on her back, fully clothed. She's been shot twice, once in the chest, once in the face. Um, and it's the same type of gun as the last murders. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul's car is found one and a half miles away from his body with the key still in the ignition. And authorities are not sure who was shot first, but it was obvious that both victims put up a fight. Um, the reward is up to $1,700, and the city sets a curfew for businesses. And the local papers officially dub this killer as the Phantom Killer. Mm-hmm. Now, let me take a wine sip. Please. Hold on. This is more detailed than I was expecting it to be. That's what I said. Yeah. I didn't realize that mm-hmm. this case in the 40s was going to have so much tiny. to it. Mm-hmm. Well, buckle up. May 3rd, 1946, around 9 p.m., 37-year-old farmer Virgil Starks is relaxing at home, which is about 10 miles northeast of Texarkana. His wife, 36-year-old Katie, is, um, you know, she makes sure that he's nice and comfy in his favorite chair with a heating pad and his radio on. And then Katie goes to bed, but she hears a noise in the backyard. So she tells Virgil to turn down the radio. And then seconds later, Virgil's shot twice in the back of the head through a closed window. Katie, however, only hears glass breaking. So she gets up to check on Virgil and he stands up from his chair and then he immediately slumps back down and Katie runs over to him and sees all the blood and picks up his head and it's very obvious that he's dead. Oh my God. So Katie runs to their wall crank phone, which I picture the phone from Lassie. Oh my God. That's perfect. Yep. Yes. Katie runs to her wall crank yes. phone to try to call the police. And before she's connected, she's shot twice in the face. Mm-hmm. One bullet enters through her right cheek and exits behind her left ear. The second bullet enters below her lip, shattering her jaw, splintering her oh teeth, and lodges underneath her tongue. No. She drops to her knees, but badass bitch Katie gets back up and runs to try to get to the pistol that they keep in the living room. But unfortunately, she's blinded by her own blood. She can't see anything. She hears the killer trying to cut through the screen on the back porch. So she runs to her bedroom, and then she hears the killer enter through the kitchen window. So she turns around. She runs through the house and out the front door, leaving a river of blood and teeth behind her as she goes. She runs across the street barefoot in her bloody nightgown to her sister and brother-in-law's house where no one's home. Oh, my gosh. So then she runs 50 yards to another neighbor's house where the owner does answer her calls for help. 
She gasps out, Virgil is dead, and collapses. They get her to a hospital, and she actually is well enough the next day to have a police interview. Shut up. Badass bitch Katie. That's crazy. Um... So, unfortunately, though, she didn't see anything because, you know, to see? she was shot through her face yeah, twice. Right. Um, back at the crime scene, authorities find Virgil's body in his chair, but the chair is actually starting to catch on fire. But that's just because of the heat pack. It was still plugged in. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, I was like, it's on fire. I know. I thought that at first, too. I'm like, whoa, the killer set it yes. on fire. No, no, no. It's just the heat, heat pack. pack. It was the 40s. Everything was shoddy electricity. Um, They automatically put up blockades in the surrounding area and in the house they find a shocking amount of blood and teeth they're surprised katie did not bleed to death and they do find three clues a flashlight outside below a window but there's no fingerprints on it two oh sorry they find um they do find bloody fingerprints in the house but they're kind of smeared and bloody shoe prints and they find a 22 caliber bullets but this is different from the 32 caliber that was used in the previous attacks. Okay. So they're a little that's confusing. For iffy them. if it's the same. Not to mention person. It's the 40s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the fact that they've done this much. Right. So they launch a huge investigation with bloodhounds and new radio technology, and uh, they get nothing. And they even put the flashlight, a picture of the flashlight on the front page of the newspaper. The asking people if they've seen people with <laughs> this flashlight. Have you seen this flashlight? And they are begging. They literally have this whole write-up where they're begging people to give them anything. Anything they know on anybody. And then the things they do get are all bogus. Yeah. Um, and, you know, surprise, surprise, people are freaking the fuck out. Clearly. Especially because the police keep making public statements that it could happen to anybody at any time. We're completely unprepared, guys. So if you could just keep yourself safe at the time, that'd be great. Stores sell out of locks, guns, ammos, ammos, ammo, (laughs) window shades. Panicked people call the police over any noise or any person. There's a level of hysteria in the town. Um, Police tell the public to stay vigilant and keep their guns loaded and at the ready. So people nail down their windows um, or they board them up and they start sleeping in groups and people will take turns keeping watch. Wow. And scared people plus guns is a very dangerous situation. Of course. So people are freaking out over that. Businesses stop serving alcohol. They lose 20. Most businesses lose 20 percent in sales because nobody's out at all. Yeah. And then they kind of stay this way for three months and then no more murders happen and the town slowly starts to relax. Police and psychologists believe that the Phantom is a sex maniac and a sadist. Ooh. So that's technically the end of the true crime case. But would you like to hear about our main suspect? Yes. So throughout the entire investigation, 400 suspects were arrested and interviewed. Jesus. None of them charged. Hundreds. The main suspect is, and I do not know how to say his name. I don't know if I should care if I know how to say his name. Yoel. Y-O-U-E-L-L. Yoel. 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 Yeah, Yoel. Yoel Sweeney um, is caught for stealing and selling cars. Um, He's suspected by police because... On the night of one of the attacks, um, also a stolen car had been found on that night that it had been previously stolen. And as they, I guess, as they were doing their investigation or they were walking around or whatever, they found this stolen car. 
Interesting. And then on the night of another one of the attacks, a car was stolen. It was reported okay. stolen. Yeah. So the police find that stolen car in a parking lot, and it's being driven by Peggy Sweeney. And she tells them all about her husband, Yoel, and the cars that he steals and sells. And once arrested, Yoel makes incriminating remarks about being a murderer and being scared of the electric chair. He never admits to anything, but he just says, like, super suspicious things that kind of perk up the police ears. And then while being questioned, his wife, Peggy, tells police in great detail about Yoel being the phantom. Um, but her story keeps changing, and police believe she's either scared of Yoel or she doesn't want to incriminate herself. Mm-hmm. So police are able to confirm some of Peggy's details, like the location of some of the victim's items that they had not found. But by law, even though she's confessed um, or you know told them about Yoel, she can't testify against her husband. That's the law. You can't testify against your spouse. Oh, huh. Yeah. So her confession does fucking nothing for them. Right. So all they have for Yoel is circumstantial evidence, which they cannot convict him on. So they do send him to prison for his habitual car theft. <laughs> um, so here's some of the circumstantial evidence. They had the stolen car, the knowledge of the crime scenes, um, that Peggy provides. They also find a work shirt and slag, which is like some sort of like metal working byproduct. It's something weird. But okay. A work shirt and slag from Vigil's shop on his farm. Remember Vigil who died in his chair? Yes. And then Peggy's own family says that he was for sure the Phantom. And he also previously owned a 32 caliber pistol. Well. Things are adding up. But his prints don't match the prints found on the crime scene. Son of a bitch. Peggy fully recants her confession. Um, They could not corroborate most of what Peggy had said. And then an anonymous woman calls families of two of the victims in 1999 and again in 2000, apologizing for what her father, a.k.a. the Phantom Killer, had done to their families. But she didn't name names, and Yoel had no daughters. So this could... just to recap, you said in 1999... In 2000, she called to apologize for the actions of her father. You are blowing my mind right now. But they're also thinking it could be a prank. Yeah, you think? (laughs) (laughs) Just fucking, I cannot wrap my mind. Yeah, because how old would she have to be? Old as fuck? In her 80s? I cannot wrap my brain around this. Mm -hmm. That's their main suspect. Now, if you go on Wikipedia... They have a long list of suspects besides Yule, and they all get at least a paragraph. Some get multiple paragraphs. I do not have that kind of time in my life this week. No. But I'll give you a quick overview. Some other interesting suspects include a freshman at the University of Arkansas who committed suicide in 1948, leaving behind some really weird notes alluding to the fact that he was the phantom. An L.A. resident who thought he did it in a coma and an escaped German prisoner of war. Well... And then there's other ones, too, but who cares? Right. I mean, we're already stretching at this point. Yoel went to prison until 1973 for car theft, and then he died in 1994. And um, this is still an unsolved case. Nobody knows who did it. <coughs> You'll never confess to anything. You'll never confess to anything about being the Phantom. Yeah. 
ever. Yeah. He, like I said, he made really weird, sketchy comments mm-hmm, but, about being scared of the. But el- even like after being in prison nope. the whole time and get on his deathbed, just never like. Nope. Oh, hey, guys, by the way. Like he kept telling the police officers that he was scared of the electric chair. And like even when the police first arrested him, he he would he like like threw his hands up in the air and he's all don't shoot don't shoot don't shoot but the cops weren't pulling guns on him and the police officer was like why Why what are you talking about why i wouldn't shoot you over a car theft he's like oh come on buddy we all know that you're not just arresting me for a car theft but he could have thought that he was like being profiled i totally i do not know the ethnicity or the cultural makeup of yol (laughs) but he just always said stuff like that that kind of you know Raise the police officer's hackles. I don't know why. And it's a shitty thing I'm about to say, but I kind of love that it's an unsolved case. Is that our first unsolved case? Oh, no. Kenny no, Cabin murders were unsolved. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one we, the girl from Santa Cruz. No well, idea. They, they said it was solved. We don't believe it's solved where she ended up in the water tank. Oh, yeah, that because that but wasn't that, an official. We said that it was unsolved, but technically. Well, not only that, but she solved. was like an offshoot because the yeah. original case was um, it wasn't even a case. It was the haunting of right. the Hotel Del Coronado. Yeah, yeah. And then I also brought up I can't remember her name. God rest her soul. But yeah, she was found in the um, L.A. hotel water tanks and they believe that she was having like a like a bipolar episode. She was off her meds. Mm-hmm. But we were wondering if. It was something else. So the town of Texarkana has embraced this kind of crazy past they have. While filming the town that dreaded sundown in 1976, locals were cast as the extras. And every year around Halloween, the movie is screened at Spring Lake Park, which is right near where one of the murders took place. I love that they embrace it. Yeah, me Why too. Not? I kind of wish I could be there for a screening. Absolutely. Around Halloween. I do too. It might be the only way you get me to either Texas or Arkansas. Okay. <laughs> That's you get the best of both. Texas. Definitely the only way you're getting me to Arkansas. I would Texas probably go to Austin. Arcana. All right, oh. B. So B loved it. I did. We've been doing star ratings on Instagram. We were going to change them to knife ratings, but the stupid knife on our on my Android at least is a dagger. So we thought maybe skulls. So one skull being like the horrific movie Gacy and five skulls being our beloved movie scream. I'm giving it a four and a half. skulls. four and a half skulls guys. It's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Now remember, she's very picky. My ratings and Mm -hmm. I like bad movies. So I don't think this would be a bad movie though. It's like a classic. And that's why I loved it as much as I did. Yeah. Classic slasher film. Yeah. Yeah. It was a shit show in some cases, but in the best way possible. Yeah, like how do you get better than a 70s slasher movie? Mm-hmm. The way that it was filmed, because like we discussed earlier, it was after Texas Chainsaw, and Texas Chainsaw really pulled it out for its yes. time. Yes. Super brutal. And uh, this was a little bit more on the corny side, okay. which we'll get into. All right. So we are Sunday, March 3rd, 1946, and this is the beginning of the Reign of Terror in this small Arkansas town. We are parked on Lover's Lane and the girl can hear something from mm-hmm. outside of the car, but the guy's too hot and heavy. And he's like, I don't hear anything. Shut up. And then <laughs> suddenly <laughs> Shut the fuck up. The hood of the car swings open. Oh. Right? So they can't see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then it comes crashing down and it's our hooded figure. 
Uh-huh. Right. She's flipping out. He basically smashes through the side window mm-hmm. and pulls the guy's body out of the car, beats the shit out of him. Yes. The girl tries to drive off in the car, but ends up crashing in a ditch. So he goes back to get her. And all the while, the guy is now kind of in and out of consciousness. And so he wants to help his girlfriend, but he's just kind of laying there helpless. Okay, yeah, but at least his intention is there to help versus her who is ready to ditch his ass at the first sign of trouble. Right. And so he ends up, well, basically just like beating the crap out of the guy and then dragging this young woman like through a ditch. She, they both survive, but we just like break off into darkness and we just hear her screaming. Oh. And this is like the first six minutes of the movie. Great. Right. So for me, that's just like exactly what I'm going for. Two things I'm taking away from that. One, our uh, killer in this movie is much more aggressive, at least in the beginning, than right. the just, Phantom. Like, right out of there. And like I said, they both survive, but still. They but the dragging him out of the window and stuff mm-hmm. is very aggressive. And then two, I do kind of like sometimes in, in movies when you just like hear the noises or they let your imagination yep. take over. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I'd rather have that than like like gore porn, like mm-hmm. hostile or whatever. It's like, I don't need to see every fucking detail here. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we find out when they have been taken to the hospital that they both suffer from blunt force trauma. There was no evidence of rape. However, her neck, shoulder, and breasts had been chewed. Oh, no. I was going anywhere but chewed. I was thinking cut off. No. Chewed. (laughs) Okay, so they do. They refer to it as the Lover's Lane case. And the police are figuring the targets are going to be kids like junior, seniors, and high school in the movie is what they're going for. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the oldest guy was like young 20s, right? Mm -hmm. We're not pushing it to like the 30s. Um. And all they know about the killer is, again, about his rough height. And they can't see his face because he wears this fucking bag. Yep. Right? So they, again, refer to him as the Phantom. So they got nothing to go off of. And they're just like, well, that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) So Saturday, March 24th, 21 days after the first attack Mm -hmm. in the movie. It's a stormy night. The officers are just out on parole per use. Mm-hmm. Officer Ramsey is checking out a lover's lane situation. Mm-hmm. And he sees a car parked that he thinks is a little suspicious. Uh-huh. So he calls in and he tells the backup, like, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to be off the radio for a bit. Like, come and back me up just mm-hmm. in case. And he goes on foot to check it out. When he gets to the car, no one's in the car. But there's keys still in the car. Mm-hmm. So he's like, something suspicious. And so he finds a male victim who had been shot in the head in a ditch 
with a female victim shot in the back and she's propped up against a tree as if she's like hugging it. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like secured to the tree like Mm -hmm. she wouldn't be able to get away. And as he's looking around for clues to like see what the fuck's going on, he sees the phantom. Oh. Get into a car. But he's on foot. Mm-hmm. So he's not fast enough. And so he just sees them drive away. But now they've got a clue, mm-hmm. right? They've got this car. All they know is like a basic make and model, but it's something. Mm-hmm. And that it had been roughly, you know, this, the amount of time. So they're like, okay. So they're starting to put things together. Also, real quick, police back then had radios? Yeah. He had a radio in his car. All right. They had telephones. I know. I don't. But they had radio away. I mean, I guess they did. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Fine. We'll go with it. Yes. Okay. So the news of the killings is now getting like nationwide attention. Mm-hmm. It's a big fucking deal. And they um. Get, Hopefully, you guys hear that helicopter in the background. <laughs> they get so famous that we get a Texas Ranger. There are Texas Rangers in this one, too. I just yep. lumped them in Captain with the Captain Morales. Okay, Morales. <laughs> he's a fucking big shot, big deal. Mm-hmm. And he's basically come in because if he can't solve the case, nobody can. All right, let's get it. Yeah. Uh, shit. It was a Texas Ranger. <laughs> I almost said Paul Walker, and that ain't it. Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> Oh, so again, it's strangely quiet within the town, but we do see the increase in gun purchases, uh, locksmiths coming mm-hmm. out to the houses, people get in the habit of boarding up their windows yep. at night. Um, the only time you'd see anyone like out and about other than the afternoon, it's like mid morning, they could get their mail and their um like basic deliveries but other than that it's just you only go out in the afternoon and then you fucking book it back home and by the way listen i'm practically that way now anyway with how paranoid i am oh my god if this shit was going down i would be one of those people that had boarded up windows and one of us would be staying up all night with a gun right but then at the same time <laughs> knowing all of this they fucking have a prom come on like literally like April 14th. So about the same amount of time later, let's have a fucking prom. I'd be the most uncool mom in the world because my kid would never go to that fucking prom. Oh, speaking of cool moms, just you wait. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Not a regular mom. She's a cool mom. The moms at the dance are spiking the punch. Yeah. And getting fucking drunk and like side-eyeing each other and like rolling their eyes at them. That's amazing. Ah. Here's the part of the movie I'm interested in. That's great. I immediately thought about you and I wanted to text you, but I'm like, well, I can't. <laughs> That's so good. Oh. So good. And um, as the dance ends, we see the kids. Most of the kids obviously are going fucking home where they belong yeah. <laughs> during this bullshit. But no, one of the band girls and her boyfriend always a band kid decide that they're gonna go but they're not gonna go to like a lover's lane right because that's where all this bullshit's happening they're like we'll go somewhere less suspicious oh oh it didn't fucking work out (laughs) and also was it still sketchy as fuck yes (laughs) Yes. (laughs) so so we're terrible (laughs) so 
Okay. Again, our masked or hooded or bagged bagged <laughs> killer reaches in through the driver's side window, drags the young man out, leaving the girl behind. And she's watching. Oh, Jesus. A couple pages deep there, B. I know. So, again, she's watching her boyfriend go through all of his bullshit. And the killer grabs her, secures her to a tree. He really likes that. Yeah. Right? Knowing she's secure. So, he, like, ties her to a tree? But yeah, I guess we don't really see, like she's hugging the tree. So then her wrists are probably tied yeah. around mm-hmm. it. He grabs trying, it's a trombone. That's what that's what I've been <laughs> looking for. Me. No, that's literally what I've been looking for in my Excuse notes me. right now as I did trombone. Yes, it's a trombone. So it's the one where you do this. Yeah. Trombone. Well, I didn't fucking know. I had to look it. No, up. I know what this is about. Keep talking. OK, so he tapes a knife to the handle just kidding i don't know what this is about <laughs> so like just he, kidding he goes to play the trombone and every time he does the little handle thing you gotta be kidding me in the back. this isn't a real movie we might have to take away a skull this is crazy oh my god <laughs> i'm dying like it was so good what is the point i don't know because she was a band girl so it's her trombone yes Okay, so they're trying to make a more dramatic version. I believe I it was Betty Joe with her saxophone. Uh-huh. No, oh. as soon as you said that, I'm like, what did he do with the saxophone? <laughs> Funny you should ask me. I didn't want to say it on No, I'm just kidding. No, he didn't do anything with the saxophone. <laughs> I when I was briefly skimming the like suspect list, they had talked about finding a saxophone in a pawn shop and yada yada yada, but I didn't really read it. Um, but it would have been hilarious if the original Phantom would have duct taped a knife to a saxophone and yeah. stabbed her with it. I know. Trombone though, that's a real stroke of cinematic genius. I know. So that It also feels like a Simpsons episode. It really got me. So Doesn't it feel like something Sideshow Bob would do? I guess. Yeah, why not? <laughs> or something that um the cat and mouse would do to the each cat other. Cat and mouse. For sure. Oh, absolutely. Mhm. So they bring in the psychiatrist from the local prison for his thoughts. Perfect. <laughs> Let's hear it. And they're questioning him. Quick over, question. Do the investigators find the trombone with the knife tape to it? I mean, they had to have, but we don't see it. Oh, I would have loved that scene. Right, I know. Where they walk and they're like, like what, what the fuck, the fuck happened here? No, but this part does get kind of interesting. So here's our back and forth. They're like, well, he chewed the girl's <laughs> back, neck, and chest. Why? And he's like, well, for sexual satisfaction. But they're like, well, then why not just rape them? And he's like, well, it's not the actual act of sex that's right. turning him on. And they're like, well, is he insane? And the doctor's like, obviously. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> but that doesn't mean anything because insane people live among us every day mm-hmm. and you'll never know it. Yeah. Right. So just because they're insane doesn't mean they're going to be obvious. Mm-hmm. And so in an eerie way, they show they like pan over to the table next to them. Mm-hmm. And all you see is like the man's waist and pants and shoes. It's like eerie music alluding like it could be it. Oh, right. The man sitting right next to you at the table. It could be. It. And that guy's like a like an investigator. We don't know because we never see from. OK. And it's just the movie's way of being like. 
It could be anybody. anybody. Mm-hmm. At any time. Mm-hmm, exactly. Stab you with a trombone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I forgot to mention, one of the nights they tried to set the guy up, the killer up. Mm-hmm. They sent like decoys out, police yeah, officers. That makes sense. Yeah, dressed as like a man and a female. Because back then there were no female police officers. And but they made it funny like there was this really awkward cop and then like a really big manly one and he kept like grabbing at the fake boobs <laughs> and I'm like what am I fucking watching so silly. right now 70s mm-hmm. again that's a huge plus for me which is yeah. why it's getting the high ratings which is I had to throw that in there they threw a humor in there and I will say I don't know if they based it based it on this part of the case or not another thing I didn't put in there um, is. When like the town went into shutdown mode and everyone was so crazy and whatever, the police were patrolling like all the lovers lanes and they would still find teenagers out there and they would come up. Police had to get into the habit of before they entered anywhere, came up to a car or property anywhere. Everyone was so trigger happy. They'd have to have their lights on. Right. And like announce themselves that they're the police. Like you said, being scared and people having guns is not a good right. combination. So they kept finding all these kids on Lover's Lane still. And they would go up to him and be like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And the kids were strapped. Like the girls had guns in their lap. And they're like, uh, you're fucking lucky we didn't shoot you. Like we're out here doing our thing, but we're also trying to kill a phantom. <laughs> You know, like, I'm sure that's not what they said, no, but that was the I basic. I get it. I get it. So they also were running a little bit of decoys in their town. The, so The funny. teenagers were trying to find this motherfucker. I love that. Don't mess with horny teenagers. No, teenagers trying to get, get some. it done. Yeah. Mm, they're going to find a fucking way. Uh, so now it's been like 20 days since the last kill. And this is where we get to our sweet husband and wife who are sitting at home. Virgil and Katie. Enjoying a quiet evening. She's upstairs, like, kind of doing her hair, you know, getting ready to settle in for the night. Mm -hmm. And he is. He's sitting downstairs in his chair, listening to the radio. She hears the glass break. Mm -hmm. Shot in the back of the head. Mm -hmm. Watches him slump down on the floor. When she registers him on the floor, she sees the phantom. Oh, scary. She runs into the kitchen, tries to call the police, does get shot multiple times. Now that I know the actual case, I feel bad, but this was another funny part of the Oh, no. Just because when he shot her, the timing of her being shot and the blood splatter on the wall is so off. Oh, it's so bad. And I'm like, come on, guys. This is after Texas Chainsaw Massacre when I know you can do better. Right. I have higher expectations now because of that movie Mm -hmm. and rewatching it. But now I feel bad because that's a really shitty part of the. That's all right. Um, Was it a wall crank phone? It was. Hey, perfect. No, they did great on the details. Like you said, they filmed it in the town, right? Yeah, but they filmed it in the 70s, B. I know, but they they made it <laughs> they made it good. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I feel like my parents definitely didn't have a wall one, but they had No, a, that's from like old time no, days, B. I'm not saying to use for real. I just oh. mean like as like a next to their hobo clown painting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but it was definitely the kind that it's like just the horn part. <laughs> the like, thing you stick to your ear? Yeah. And it's like a cord that attaches to... To like a wooden a box? No, like a post. 
Yeah, but there's like a box that has the thing that right. sticks out for you to talk into. I know, but still, these old school phones. Fuck that, dude. Even old school phones blow my mind how they work. Mm-hmm. You could pay me a million dollars. I couldn't tell you how a phone works. Mm-hmm. Even the old school ones. I understand it's kind of like the cans on a string. How? How? Right. How does it work? Yeah. So fortunately for me in our movie, the wife does not get as fucked up. As poor Katie did. Dude, Katie, badass bitch of the week. No, like, oh, I can't even. I'm still feeling my teeth right now. That's a rough one. Yeah. Um. So ours does have the ability to run into like a corn field. Perfect. Yeah. Just the place you want to be. <laughs> but she's trying to get to like the neighbor's house. She just doesn't want to be seen. Okay. Fair enough. She does get to a house. Nobody's home. Makes it to another house where she collapses. She does get the help. Gets mm-hmm. to the hospital. Full recovery. Again, but what is she going to tell them that they don't already know? Right. This fucking hooded asshole. Right. You know, but this was the first time he had broken or like gotten into a house. Yeah. You know, the other times it had always been the kids in the car. So again, the cops are just like, what do we do? We're worthless at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Everything we've done has not helped. It must have been so hard back then when you had no technology to work with whatsoever. I know. So shit's just getting crazy. It's basically a ghost town, right? It's just panic all around. And the killer's four days overdue. Oh, his month is up. Mm -hmm. So the police have nothing to go on. And they have lost all hope, but an abandoned car is found Mm. matching the car that Officer Ramsey saw his first night, that stormy night. Okay. Okay. So while they're searching the surrounding areas, they find like a sandy ditch in the fucking woods. Don't ask me why. Okay. Fair (laughs) enough. But there's footprints for them to follow. Perfect. Right? Very convenient. And our killer's just like chilling. Just like, standing hey. in the woods? <laughs> okay. Like With on, the hood on? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like on the side of a cliff. Does he jump off the cliff? No. Oh, That's what great. I thought. That's what I thought. Oh, Thank such you. a good ending. <laughs> Thelma and Louise it. <sighs> Thank you saying something because that's what i thought might as well oh my god that's the best what else are you gonna do go to prison for the rest of your life no thanks uh but our fucking texas ranger misses his shot come on walker right morales morales get your shit together nope misses his shot so they're off on foot trying to chase the motherfucker (laughs) okay and they get separated by a train (laughs) That happens. Again, in the middle of the woods. <laughs> in all fairness, there is a lot of train tracks in I the know, woods. I know, I'm just saying. But this time, Morales gets a shot through the train. <laughs> also, I'd be more suspect about, like, how much woods are there in Texas? Is there a lot of woods in Texas? It's Texarkana. Okay. <laughs> I picture that whole part of the world just flat as fuck. I don't know. I could be wrong. There could be tons of forest. Right, but follow up? <laughs> nope. My follow up will be another uh, question to my husband because he used to live in Texas. And I will ask him. There you go. What the border of Texas and Arkansas looks like. I have a feeling it's depressing. Oh, yeah. No offense if you're listening in Texas or 
Arkansas. Yeah. Because remember, we'll come to Texarkana just for our movie time. I will come to Texarkana for a screening. I will go to Austin, Texas for the barbecue and the music. And other and than that, we out. You missed me with that shit. Anywho. Now that we've completely just alienated two oh. whole states <laughs> worth of people. But I'm the one that's going to get us canceled. <laughs> You're for sure going to get us I canceled. Am, and I look forward to that day. Because you still have to love me. <laughs> oh, I love you no matter what. And we'll still do the podcast no matter what. They can't cancel an independent ran podcast. Uh, your flavors are under mine. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I always knew you were a top. Um. Anyways, so the dude gets shot in like the leg, the hip. I don't know. Okay. And Morales? No. Oh, the Phantom? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. And he takes off limping away into now some shady fucking backwood swamps in Texarkana? Yes. Now we're in the swamps. Perfect, right? And that's the last we see of him. Okay. And the killer he got away just limping the away. The killer huh? is never found. Many believe he died that day in the swamps and got eaten by alligators. Some believe he still lives in the town. Ooh, but you never know. It could be the person sitting right next to you. And that's basically how they end the movie was like people going back to their daily lives and everyone's like in line to see a movie. Mm -hmm. And they do the same shit where they show a man from the waist down. Yeah. Basic build like it could be you. Right. And they say that Morales went back to Texas retired but never like gave up on the case because it's the one he could never solve well all he had to do was run a little bit faster morales you could have saved or got the fucking shot done the first time mr texas ranger or just pushed him off the cliff and then um officer ramsey as well as his local town sheriff they both stayed on force and continued their search until their death at old age fantastic so fucking good. Great. So I think it did a really decent job of like following the actual crime. Mm-hmm. And it gave me everything I need out of a fucking 70s horror film. And more. Right? There's like, n- it's I, everything. What tr- Trombone stabbing is nothing I've ever seen before right? or heard of before. Yeah. No, Incredible. I got it. I got it all. People were fucking trying And did they to... show it? Was it like bloody? Was there like some gore to it or no? I mean... Like I said, super cheese ball. Yeah. Like he would stab her and the knife would come back like a different color kind of. A oh, thing, wow. Right. Kind of a thing. Like okay. really. I'll definitely watch it. Really corny. Sounds good. Sounds yeah. like fun. But even though it was corny and even though they embellished a little bit, they pretty much. They did great. They stuck pretty true I, to the case. So the I end stand, got a little wonky. I did. But I mean, we don't have anything. It's. An unsolved case. Yeah, but they could have found they could have figured out a better ending than just him limping away into a, a random after. swamp in Tex Arcana. Oh, no. I don't know how many swamps are in Texas and Arkansas, but I don't feel like it's a lot. Uh, maybe it was like South Texas. I could see that, but you know, where's Arkansas? Isn't that like northeast? You, you expect me to know North and South and what? Guess what, B? You ready for your fun fact? No, I bet you don't even know this about oh, me. Oh God. I can lay, like, if you give me a blank map of the United you States. You can read a map. No, oh, I cannot. Okay. <laughs> if you give me, like, a blank, like, outline of the United States, yeah. like, all the state outlines, yeah. I can label them all. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Within, like, 
You couldn't do that. I'm not saying I could, but I believe you, you don't could. Sound very impressed? No, because I don't doubt that you could. With That's like not a surprise to me. Ninety-eight percent accuracy. Would... New England starts to get real weird. No, like I expect you to be smarter than a fifth grader. No, I'm definitely not. I'm not smarter than that TV show. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? But my grandpa gave me like a computer game where you had to like label the state. So it just kind of stuck in my brain. I know zero capitals. All I know is Sacramento. That's it. Bitch, you're lucky I remember the county we live in. (laughs) Like... I, how, how long? I've lived Whatever here. you do, do not say what county we I live know, in. Your it. husband will be pissed. Ugh. So I have lived here, what, like 14 years? And I still get lost. <laughs> I know. When we moved here, we went to a certain... I don't even want to give you any details. I, I don't want Nick to be mad at me. <laughs> well, he's going to be mad at you regardless. We went to like a local spot that's really cool. And we took pictures, and you're like, what the fuck? I didn't even know that was here. I'm like, uh, well, we've been here for two months, and we figured it out. Yeah. So that's that's me. That's <laughs> all right. Nutshell. All good. Yeah. I've lived here now for three years, and although I don't get lost, it's only because I go to the same places over and over again, I still feel so much more comfortable driving around the Bay Area. Cool. It's so funny. Yeah. I know, but I keep wondering when that's going to switch. At some point, that's going to switch. I haven't. Really? Nick, Nick, to this day, hates it when I drive. He's like, you're not in the Bay Area. Stop Bay well, Area that's driving. style of driving, and I will never stop driving that way. It's just how I know how to do it. I just mean, like, direction-wise. At some point, I'll be up here long enough that I'll be more comfortable driving up here. But and again, knows? I have more faith and you to do that <laughs> than, than you. I do on myself. All right. Fair enough. You just have to drive around and get lost, B. Which I hate to do. I know. We're so, so different. I know. Because that's like my mom's favorite thing to do. Yeah. I'd rather dr- my dad, too. I'd rather drive around and get lost because then you figure out your way around places. No, and then it sticks worst, in your brain. My worst nightmare. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? My anxiety sets in. I Oh, no. B. You just keep driving. You'll figure it out. Or you pull over. And if you're really that anxious, you GPS it. But everywhere where we live leads somewhere. You just keep driving. You'll figure it out. You're not going to end up in like a... We live in such an isolated rural town. You're not going to end up in like San Francisco with no idea how to get out of it. (laughs) To be fair, one time I did get lost driving home from a... It wasn't like a prison... What? Why were you in prison? <laughs> it was like, I guess it was a jail because it was for my senior project. Oh, right. On three strikes. Yeah. When you're doing like sentencing. Yeah. Laws. And my favorite teacher got me the hookup because she used to be a cop. So I got to do the walkthrough. Girl, I could have gotten you the hookup by just visiting one of my family members. Wanted, All you had to do was say the word. I know. I wanted to see it from the inside. <laughs> All right. Fine. Um, anyway, my dad was in prison our whole junior year. You could have went and saw him. But you know me. I dressed super like. With high heels and everything. Oh, the whole to do. Yeah. And <laughs> Idiot. I, I was driving the Camaro. Love that I'm car. In, I get lost in like downtown Oakland. <laughs> terrified. Like stranded in the worst case scenario. And children, this is before we had GPS. This is before Garmin. This is yeah. I'm eighteen years, years old. ago. This we is had two thousand three. 
You were just expected to know how to read a map, and none of us knew how to do that and shit. I call my dad crying. Aw, and, and for some reason, he, like, knew where I was. He, like, tell me where, like. For some reason, you know exactly why you're like, dad. He's like, can you describe the area around you? He's like, give me the street names. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, he's like, I think I can walk you through that. Bro, your dad has been around the block so, so many, many fucking times. times. I know. Of course. Same thing with my husband. He knows every direction you want to go in the Bay Area. He can give you crystal clear directions, perfect directions yeah. of how to get there. Right. Yeah, I know. Blows my mind. Oakland. Yeah, if I go. That's why I'm saying if you knew how to read a map, whew, my level of respect would have been on a whole. Oh, another planet. I've driven to the Oakland airport many a times and driven home. That's pretty good. Well, yeah, I'm talking about reading a map, bitch. I know, but I can't read a map. I'm just telling you. <laughs> what you can do. What I can do. I have never driven in the city by myself, though. I've never gone into San Francisco. I've never driven in San Francisco, point blank, period. I have. And it's so scary. There's so many different one ways. And you're like, it, oh, shit, I can't no, turn here. I can't turn here. The steep fucking hills. Yeah, nope. Oh, my God. No, I've never driven in it. It. I, I'm getting anxiety right now. <laughs> just just thinking about it. I remember because I was a late driver. Oh. Actually, fun fact for you guys about B and I, Bailey was one of the people who taught me how to drive because, of course, Miss Perfect Bailey got her driver's license right at 16. I didn't get my driver's license until I was 19. Hey, not perfect. I never passed the written test. Then how did you get your license? Because the woman, the day that I failed it for my third time. The written test? Yeah. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> was pregnant. And she felt so bad for me. <laughs> That's hilarious. She's like, promise me you'll read the family. <laughs> Even though nothing in the written test is anything me, you ever right. used. No, and that's just it. She's like, as long as you pass the actual driver's test, she's like, I'm not worried about it. But she looked at me like, are you fucking kidding me, bitch? Three times? <laughs> I passed. No problem. <laughs> The written test. Right. I failed my driving test twice. Yeah. Passed it on the third time. Um, but my husband taught me how to drive because he's older than I am. My dad and Bailey mm -hmm. all taught me how to drive. But I thought about Bailey's perfect advice for driving. And I still think about it sometimes. <laughs> is pretend you're the tip of a giant coloring crayon and you have to stay inside the lines. Perfect advice of how to drive. It works. It really does. Or I've also upgraded to just pretend you're in a video game. No, I like tip of the crayon inside the color. Yeah, inside lines. the lines. That's better for me. Yeah, no, inside the lines for sure. But like. Because I'm terrible at driving video games oh. and my natural inclination is to just drive off the side of the road. Yeah, no, I could just be like in Mario Kart zone like boop, 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 boop. I hear you. Mario Kart, I'm hitting every wall. I'm just yeah. trying to throw bananas at you. Yeah. Um, What were we talking about? Driving? Driving. <laughs> Get it. In the oh, hey, no, getting no. lost. No, no. <laughs> Listen, there, I was going somewhere with this. No. So when I first started driving, mm. my at the time boyfriend ended up being husband, was at the bar. I was not at the bar because I was like 19 or 20 at the time. And so I had to I he asked me to go pick him up because he was too drunk to drive. I got lost, Bailey. None of our listeners are going to know what this means. He was at Q and Brew in Martinez. Yeah. Do you know where that is? Yeah. Okay. He told me how to get there. It was raining. I went, I hit 
right past the Marina Vista exit, which is the last exit in Martinez before you hit the Benicia Bridge. And I panicked because oh, it said no. last exit for right. Martinez. Oh, I know. And I'm like, oh, my God. And, and this I, was the first time you've ever taken that exit? Um, First time yourself by myself at night during a storm. Yes, I got you. And then I ended up going over the Benicia Bridge. I probably have a warrant out for my arrest because I blew through the toll booth. <gasps> well, I blew through like the fast track. Oh, my gosh. Because I was like, I don't know what to do. I was freaking out. Oh, my gosh. And then I pulled over the first exit off the Venetia Bridge, and somebody gave me directions, and I turned around. You pulled off the Venetia Bridge? No, 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 no. Like, the first, like, you get over the bridge. Yes, I know. And then the first exit is a gas station. I know. It's not like a normal part of it. I know, but what am I going to do? Keep driving? (laughs) Make it to Redding, California, four hours away? Um, So... So anyways, I, I, uh, I got directions. I went, picked him up. I was hysterical. And then another time I was supposed to pick him up for Martinez. Same thing. I ended up in like Hercules. And I'm like calling him as I'm driving. I'm like, I don't know where I am. I'm telling him where I'm at. Same thing. Describing my location. He's all, bitch, turn around. Like you are in danger. Turn around. Well, then it's a good thing you like getting lost because it sounds like. You're willing to do it more than I am. Uh, well, those times were terrifying. I wasn't trying to get lost those times. Now that I'm an adult and I have some more sense in my head, getting lost can be fun. You can figure out where you're going. And worst case scenario, unlike when I was 19, I have Google Maps on my phone and I can find my way around. Yeah. I'm always afraid of that one time, though, that I'm somewhere and my Google Maps won't work. That hasn't happened to me yet, but I mean, yeah. that is something to be fearful That's of, I a suppose. Because my Google Maps works in the middle of bumfuck nowhere where I can't get cell phone reception, but I can still get Google Maps. Well, fine. Show off. God. Yeah, but that, <laughs> that's probably true for you, Doobie. Leave your house every once in a while. <laughs> don't <laughs> find make out. me. Okay, so you wanted to talk at Married at First Sight. We were giving people the option to skip, so if you don't want to hear about it, we still appreciate you. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you later. Bye. We appreciate you. Leave us a comment. Tell us to stop talking yeah, about Yeah, tell us to sight. shut up. <laughs> Maybe we'll listen. See what happens. Probably not. People have been telling me that for a long time. I haven't listened yet. What? That I'm, people I'm have been telling me to shut totally up? <laughs> like listening, what? I know. I'm sorry. I'm trying to text and talk at the same time. All right. I'm here. I'm a person. Respect me. <laughs> Give- <laughs> yeah, this is about my child, so child. you're Hello. second place. So, you are, what, like, probably two episodes further than me? Probably something like that. I've had um, an insanely terrible, horrific, stressful week. So, I have been putting it on, and I have been kind of watching it, but I've also kind of been it's just in my on. head and, like, vegging out. So, yeah. I'm... I think an episode or two into post move-in. Mm-hmm. Well, then let's refresh you on the first couple episodes mm-hmm. that I've been on. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the wedding day. The wedding day. So again, three couples. And I'm trying to remember who they are right now. There's like one couple who. The religious couple. They're kind of religious. They're on the same page. Mm-hmm. She's five years older than he is. Correct. He's 25. She's 30. But he acts like he's 40. Right. 
Well, he, except for he's also like on another level as far as like like finances and stuff. But I mean, like like attitude and mentality. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He very much wants to be like like a good man. Yeah. He wants to be that married guy with they, kids. They and everything. have their religion and it bonds them and they're very yeah, compatible. He's, he's very into being a good dude. Mm hmm. Um, like, I personally wouldn't worry about him cheating on me. He seems but very the religion is narrow. an issue when it comes to mom on his end because she's like, well, under God's eyes, you're going to make this oath to a stranger. And so she flipped. She's taking it very seriously. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's understandable. And then what did you think about the dads at the wedding? Hilarious. Is that not my dad? His dad? The, both either does it matter <laughs> yeah no that's great. i thought about my dad the whole time yeah i'm like oh my god I'm there watching. was some dad beef and it was fantastic it, it was, was really good playful but not it was that thing where they were dead serious but they were masking it as like i'm just joking but seriously but seriously like i'll fucking stab you yeah 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 Yeah, it was so good and they kept going back and because it's the bride's dad and the groom's dad and they're like that's my baby that's, no, that's my, my baby, baby girl but that's my son yeah. but that's my baby girl but that's, that's my, my son. son is the best and then when they were leaving on their honeymoon and the dad was at the airport because he had missed his flight the day <laughs> i did not see that nope. <laughs> i missed that yeah. That killed me. I thought that was so That's funny. That's so funny. And then we have the I'm double A's, remember. Ashley and Anthony. The blonde and the Okay, hold on. I'm trying to I'm trying to get my brain to work. I'm still suck on um season. Take four. a drink, god damn it. And sorry. get your shit together. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the guy in the bus and the girl. No. Um, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Sorry, excuse my phone tech. I turned my ringer off, but apparently it doesn't work for text messages. Well, if you hear the chime chime in the background. Again, you have children. You have to be a responsible person. As I'm slugging down a Bud Light You seltzer. have a husband. That's what I told her. I'm on my husband's up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we got Ashley and Anthony. And I love that he, in his meeting with Dr. Pepper had a dream the day before he got matched yes where he saw a flashlight uh-huh and it landed on a book yep and the book opened and the page landed on an a yes yes and he at this point he doesn't know anything about his wife uh-huh so he doesn't know that her name's ashley yes i like this couple this is my favorite couple because they're amazing they're super cute I love them together. I did not expect her to be as into him. Yes. As she is. Yes. Which me makes too. me love her a million times. And he's more. cute. There's nothing wrong with no. him. But at first. But we- she's fucking com- like compared to him. She's a 10 and he's a seven. Possibly. But his personality really brings him up. A oh, few he's points. the best. Yeah. He's awesome. I'm saying compared to her. But like <laughs> I, if I remember correctly, I might have been drinking wine when I was watching it. But. Like her first reception of him, she she did not say that she didn't like him. But I was like, oh, I don't know about this. It seems like maybe she's not that into him or whatever. And then it was just like she's super into him. Super into him. And it's super cute. Yeah. I love it. They are constantly smiling. Yeah. All the time. Banging all the time. Having a great time. Well, I haven't gotten to that yet. But I know that's coming up because they show like the little clips. Yeah. Yeah. For me, they just did it for the first time. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. So far, the first couple we talked about were the couple that they did, did it, it right first. away. And 
they're emotionally up the most down. up and down. And that's always the case. The people who have sex right away are always like an emotional like literally, coaster. They consummated the relationship on the first night of the honeymoon and then immediately the next day. And then day, she they cried gone. the rest of the honeymoon. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's a third couple who at first seems like they're going pretty good. And then in the middle of the honeymoon, he's like, I, I got to back away from this. Like, we're married, but maybe we should treat it like a friendship. Remember? He is so weird in the way that he approaches the topic of sex. Lou thinks he's gay. I could in see In the closet. That. I could see that. Yeah. Lou could, thinks he's in the closet. I could totally see he's that. He's never lived with a woman. He's only he's lived never with his parents. Been, he's never been in love. Right. No, I could. And like he bases everything on his grandparents' love story, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. Because, no, the way, like, so for me, the one that stands out is they're having like a picnic on a boat. Mm -hmm. And it could just be a super chill, relaxed thing. And the whole time he's like trying to hint to her, like, I just need you to make a signal when you're ready. Because, you know, (laughs) I, I. I, I'm ready to have sex, but I don't want to make things awkward. between. And the whole thing was just so weird. And she's yeah. like, him trying to talk about it is definitely not the way to get it done. Right. And so, yeah, they've been the most uncompatible, in, yes. my, in my opinion. Because now that first couple, we said that, oh, they had all these, like, she was crying on the honeymoon or whatever. But, but once they're they, compatible. Post-honeymoon, they're doing great. Her they acceptance in. of moving in with the brother. He's taking care of his little brother, who's, like, college age. Yeah. And so he took care of his little brother, so he could go to college and whatever. And, and if, she, you know, they find a place that could take, you know, fit the needs for all three of mm-hmm. them. And she's super open and welcoming to that. Although, I think I'm in the middle of an episode right now. I haven't finished it yet. And I don't know who's over at the house. I think it's her dad. Oh, God. But her dad and her husband get into a little bit of I a, can, yeah, that's a falafel, be, yeah. a little bit of a beef. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what happens yet. I have to watch it. But, you know, he very, her husband, very classy, but still puts his foot down and is like, you know, there's going to be peace in my home. Like, yeah. I'm not going to let you bring that shit in here. Right. So, yeah, you know, anyways. Yeah, no, they're they're both really. And I won't lie. I see a lot of myself in her. She yeah, she's great because she says she's like, look, I'm very much just like at like a flat, even keel. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can be at a 10 and I'm not ever going to get to that 10. And you need to be OK with that. Yeah. And I feel her on that. I feel that very much so that I can be that way sometimes. Mm -hmm. But the way that he tries to communicate with her to bring her out of that works. Like it cracks that shell and it brings out a better side of her. And I've gotten little glimpses of that that I appreciate. Yeah. I'm a big fan of them. I'm a big fan of the other couple. But then the couple where the dude has only lived with his parents. It's yeah. If they don't. Yeah. They got to figure some shit out for sure. So that's where we're at. Married at first sight. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still amazing. It is. Can't wait for season six. Let's get through this season. Oh, and <clears throat> remember we were talking about, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast or not, but that one of the contestants got with one of the mm-hmm. judges. Mm-hmm. 
it was, I think his name's John from season one. He was married to the blonde ice queen, bitch of the world, remember? She didn't want. Hold on, hold on. Season one, no. She was very. Got the couple that stayed together. I don't remember anything about season one. Brittany and the firefighter and then, yeah. I don't think that was season one. Yeah. Okay, fine. He's the one that was married to, there is a blonde girl who was super ice cold. And then it was like, she'd be one way for the cameras. And then off camera, she would like cuss at him and completely freeze him out. And she had no idea how to be affectionate. She wouldn't even like hold his hand or anything. And she got the red, like the redhead wig. And she's like, I'm Rebecca or whatever, like an alter ego. You have no idea what I'm talking about? I don't think so. Well, maybe it's season six, guys. We'll find out. I thought it was season one. Anyways. Um, uh-uh. we'll figure out who it is. I'll, that'll be the only follow up for next week is who I'm talking about. Oh my God. The point is he started dating one of the, the sexologists. Yeah. And I, I'm dying to know because this has been a mystery for us. Yeah, yes. We got to find out. All the sexologists look the same. They're all blonde. It's so weird. We've had weird. like three of them. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. But that's who he ends up getting with. Okay. 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 Anything else? No. That's it? <laughs> I'm like, we already did the tickety-tockities. The tickety-tockities? Yeah. Um, Bailey's look of the week. This oh. week, she's wearing... Oh. Wow, it's beautiful. She's wearing... Well, know, I'm about to be wearing... Khakis? Brown pants? Oh, yeah. Feel them. They got... Is that paint on them? Who knows? And there's like... Yeah, I know. Who knows? Okay, what am I... I, I oh, Bailey, your toe hit the mouse. Oh! You're going to cancel the whole recording. Oh, my God. Okay, anyways. But, yeah, they're... N- Stretchy? Work, his, yeah, his work pants. Fantastic. Yeah. Another episode with Nick's work pants. Oh, I believe you used Are you Nick's- kidding? His whatever jacket thing yep. this is, a pillowcase from, I'm sure, some shit he had. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Because you mean, wore his work pants for our Texas... I wear his no, shit. Amityville Whorehouse. I usually wear at least one thing of his every well, week. Nick, if you're listening to this, we're just trying to keep you part of the podcast. Oh, you're I told here him. with us. I, I told him tonight. I'm like, look, what would I do without you? Look, like, we'd have no yeah. outfit of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate to say that I look better in his clothes, but I mean, know, I think he'd agree with that, though. <laughs> I think that's a that's a solid agree. So she's wearing her husband's khaki colored work pants. Oh, I don't Are you allowed to say wife beater? A tank top? Well, I mean, that's kind of irrelevant. That's just because it's still fucking... At least eighty degrees no, out. It's not. It's in the seventies right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's cooled down a lot. The smoke has cleared. It's been in like the fifties in the morning. I know, but it's been the fifties in the morning for a while. But it still gets up to like eighty four in the afternoon. I don't feel like it's been eighty four. No. Are we going to argue about the weather right <laughs> now? <on> the <laughs> Bitch, I will tell you what my car read. <laughs> Fucking okay. four o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, I believe you. I believe you in your car. Um, And then you're wearing his like work jacket. Yeah. And then we cut oh, up a pillowcase. And then the kitchen twine to wrap it around my neck. Oh, that's right. Because he had like a little bit of a rope situation. Well, yeah, you have to secure it. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. And let's go get creepy somewhere in your yard. We'll get creepy somewhere in my yard. If you want to see pictures of Bee's Look of the Week, it's THC Podcast on Instagram. We are THC True on Twitter. There's a Facebook page that nobody cares about. 
And you can listen to us on all streaming podcasts. Even Pandora. Thanks, Guppy. Pandora, Spotify, Google Play, whatever you want, except for iTunes. I know that's the main <laughs> one. We don't know how to get on it. So, oh, well. Um, tell a Let friend. us know <laughs> if you want us on iTunes. Tell us how. <laughs> That'd be great. Tell a friend, tell a family member, recommend us, like, subscribe, comment, all that bullshit. Thumbs up. Or just keep listening. Thank we appreciate you. it. But if you comment, we will respond to you. I promise. Comment anything you want. Please. Um, and thanks so much for listening. And we will see you next time.